happens to you. Here we go. Not totally. My glasses on so I can see. Let's get lost in a better place. Pick up a bird, travel through time and space. So much to learn, so much to see. A chance to escape reality. Open your mind and your heart. Gain new knowledge for a fresh new start. Day Network will bring you there. So let's talk about it when life and on the air. Good morning, everyone. This is Fran Lewis from Freezing Westchester County. The sun is shining, but we have the author of Nunzio's Ways. And boy, you don't want to miss with Nunzio, I'll tell you that much. So, and we present, I have the book on the back, I, like, I, got, I got nervous just reading it because this guy's really tough. So, tell us a little bit about, you did a lot of research into gangs and mafia, didn't you, before you authored this book? Because I learned a lot. I, I did, Fran, I did. Um, I, first of all, I grew up in the mm-hmm. Two Bridges neighborhood on Manhattan's Lower East Side, and a lot mm. of us kids, we we lived in the, I lived in, well, first I lived in a tenement, and then we moved into the Al Smith Projects. Um, and, um, you know, the the kids I grew up with, we either wanted to be a cop or a longshoreman or a gangster or, you know, whatever whatever we can get. We didn't have a real high bar um, thinking about. So I... I knew a lot of these guys that became mm. mobsters, and um, I have family members who allegedly, allegedly, mm-hmm. um, were part of the mob. But in addition to that, um, I, I was the deputy chief counsel for the President's Commission on Organized Crime. Oh, nice. And um, wrote several uh, nonfiction books on money laundering and organized crime and sm- Boring stuff, boring, unless you really love that boring stuff. But the, I wanted to tell the truth about um, growing up in poverty and organized mm-hmm. crime, the real truth. And I mm-hmm. thought the best way to do that was with fiction. And so uh, Weepers and then Nunzio's Way is, um, you know, in France, and then I'll be quiet for a while, in France there's, um, there's a genre called Romana Clay, which is a fictionalized biography where you make up mm-hmm. names, and uh, but it's not popular here yet. And this is kind of that. So it took a lot of research, um, as well as uh, information that I had just from growing up and being around them. Well, I grew up in the South Bronx. Did not you really? Different. Yeah, I did. Okay, so I one of the characters... Very- Poor neighborhood in the Bronx. So when you mentioned the Bronx and Southern Boulevard and Chimon, I go, yeah, that's it. That's right. That's and and one of the characters, the priest that is in Weepers and again in Nunzio's Way, is Father Giganti. Although I changed his name to Father Joe, but Father Giganti was very active in the South Bronx and on the Lower East Side. I know yeah. who you're talking about. I know the family. I'm, I don't tell you how. Yeah. 
Father Gigante, okay. and there was and then Vinny the Chin Gigante, and yeah. Okay. Uh, my brother so, was the, my brother was the manager of a, of a bowling center, and um, I met a lot of people. And so, yeah, you had to be you had to be careful. Yeah, what you said, but they loved me, and I was really careful. And whenever they needed something, I just did it. Didn't question. Oh, friend, we have it. we have to have this talk over brandy or something. Um, yeah, tell you something. I'm, I'm good. I, I, I grew I'm up good. tough, and I'm little, and I grew up. Yeah, Southern Boulevard in Chimon was no place to walk around at night, but Miss Brave Girl did anyway. So. Oh no, I I know that area. I know I knew the Fordham Baldies when I was growing up. Yeah. Um, the Red Wings from uh, Italian Harlem. Um, yep. But more importantly, Nunzio. I'll tell you a secret. Nobody knows this but you now. Well, and, and Nunzio. Nunzio is Mario Gigante. Um, he's my uncle. Um, oh, and God. When, when I was writing the book, when I was first writing Weepers, I said to Mario, um, love him to pieces. Said to him, mm-hmm. I'll put your name in there. It's all fiction, but, you know, stories you told me. He said, no, mm-hmm. no, no, don't use my name. I said, okay, what name do you want? He said, well, Nunzio is my favorite pizza place. Oh, Let's nice. Nunzio. <laughs> After Weepers came out, he's walking around with Weepers telling all his friends, this is me. This is me. <laughs> I said, Mario, I would have put your name there. <laughs> so you've got an inside sight into who these people are. I had a funny feeling. This yeah, just shows that yeah, so- I haven't lost my brain yet. But now nope. I know how you created Nundio and the Weepers. That's it. So this this is true because I mean they had gangs where I grew up. Yeah. And they had tough girls and little me, and I just you yep. know I never realized that I could hold my own because I'm five feet tall, little, and they were like kind of huge. So they're gangs in question. And you said they're leaders. How come? Why does one gang have to rule the streets over the others? I know because you, you walk into their territory and you're dead meat, from what I gathered. Yeah, and the the, the reason is simple. So, um, well, not simple, but you form a gang. So my gang was I'm Angelo. My gang is the Weepers, giving a lot of stuff away. Um, mm-hmm. You form the gang just to protect yourself because if you're all alone mm-hmm. in that neighborhood, yep. you're a victim. So you form a gang, and then you want a perimeter around you. So we pick the Cherry Street Park. Anybody that comes mm-hmm. into that, it, you know, like we're a watchdog mm-hmm. on our own property, anybody that walks in there after dark is is a threat. And so it's not so much carving up the cities as you get older and become more organized crime. Then you're carving up your your property and you're carving mm. up where you get your profits from. But as gangs, um, Satan's knights wanted the projects. So you walk into the projects, you know, you're facing Satan's knights. You walk into Cherry Street, you're facing the Weepers. You walk on Fordham mm. Road in the Bronx, you're facing the Baldies, um, the Red Wings in East Harlem. Um, you know, and so it's not so much I got to have this territory. It's not even that I want more territory. It's just that I want this area of protection around my guys and gals. Does that make sense? Oh my. 
Yeah, the whole thing makes sense. I, you know something? I never, I grew up and my mother didn't want me to go anywhere, and I said, yeah, okay. I didn't realize it was dangerous. It never dawned right. on me that a little, I, and I was bad, I weighed 104 pounds. Back then I weighed a whole lot more. And um, I was walking one night to meet my friends to go to Temple, and this bunch of guys came up to me, <laughs> I swear to God, and they started to, you know, harass or whatever. And I started to talk to them in a foreign language that they never understood, and I made it up, and they got scared and ran away. <laughs> I, and I started to act out like I was a crazy person. And I was like, how do you protect yourself when there's like 10 guys and me? And I said, you know, forget that. And it's like, okay, you can do this. Not really. But, yeah, that was, I didn't go out at night after that by myself. So this is the question that bothers me is that there was there's a death, right? And well, yeah. so they're constantly at war killing off anyone that dares to kill one of them. I can understand that. So what is the reason for the death? And then to Angela, who's Anna? I liked her. Anna is Angelo's mother and yes. is Nunzio's goddaughter. Mm-hmm. Um, Nuncio uh, grew up on Cannon Street in a tenement, 57 Cannon Street, and he had four good friends. And one of those good friends is Anna's father. Um, and, of course, um, Joe the priest is his good friend. In real life, it was his brother. But in, mm-hmm. in the stories, it's his good friend. And they all grew up together, and they remained friends. Um, it didn't matter that one of them became a cop and one of them uh, worked in the meat market. They became mm-hmm. friends forever. And so it was natural that Anna, Pompeo's daughter, would become Nuncio's goddaughter. So we have the next question is, this guy I really like, Pepe, and he was loyal yes. to Nuncio and God help anyone I need somebody like that, that would dare. Yeah, I do, too. <laughs> I did. Trust me. Everybody needs a Pepe. And he was really like, I mean, first of all, I, I said, oh, my God, this book is really scaring me. And I just sat down and read it, and I couldn't put it down, which is really even better. Oh, so, thank you, friend. I, 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 you should see the one I read yesterday. It was the first, like I said, the first day in a couple of days that I read and it's been taking me three days to read the book. And it's only 200 pages. If it takes me more than a day to read a book, you're in trouble, no matter how many pages. Yeah. So yeah. Who, is, who, who is Pepe, and why is he so loyal to Nunzio? Well, if he knows the one to keep his life, he better be. Yeah. Pepe was a street kid around just a little bit younger than Nunzio. Um, and they grew up in the same neighborhood. 57 Cannon Street is an interesting address. When Nuncio mm-hmm. was uh, 10, 10 years old, he was living there, but also living in that building was this little kid, Pepe, and uh, Meyer Lansky lived in that building mm-hmm. at the same time. Mm-hmm. He, was, he was 14. Vito Genovese was 15. Frank Costello was 15. They all lived at 57 Cannon Street in Manhattan. And they all became, actually, the older kids kind of took care of Nunzio and little Pepe um, as as the kids were growing up. And the kids would, you know, watch for cops 
and and do different stuff mm. for the big kids. Um, but Pepe was always loyal to Nunzio, and Nunzio um, made him his driver and number one guy in in his mob. That the is good, really that's, uh, I wish I had somebody like that. So this I, is this is another character that got in trouble. So who is Lanzo? Lanzo, and why is he the cause of the death? And the, we know what made me cry? The horse. What? Ah. The horse. The, yeah. The horse, the horse. is it? The yeah. horse is a tr- is a true story. That's what I figured. The horse is That's a true sad. story that I experienced, that I found on the street when I was walking with one of my friends. Oh kid. God. Um. The horse is a true story, and it broke my heart. And obviously, I think about—I still think about the horse, and that's why I put it in the book. Um, uh, Jocko the Junk Man was a real person, and mm-hmm. would just whip his whip his horses until they died, um, uh, oh, and God. then would just leave them on the street. Uh, the, the whole and and. Nunzio's reaction, you know, after all he's been through, the fact that when he closes his eyes, he he sees the horse. Oh, now, Lonzo, Lonzo, Nunzio found out that um, the guys that paid to kill one of his friends um, was this banker that lived just outside of Naples. Mm-hmm. And he got Lonzo who was part of the Camorra, which is in Naples, organized crime is Camorra. In Sicily, it was the mafia. In the United States, it became La Casa Nostra, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he got this guy in Naples to go and kill the people that had kidnapped and tried to kill his friend. Oh, God. One of the people there was a young girl, the daughter and her name is Angie Zara, but she changed her name to Heather Potter. Mm-hmm. And she becomes the assassin who's coming to New York to kill Nunzio in Nunzio's way. Oh, God. Yeah. And you know why I picked a woman to be the assassin? They wouldn't have, people wouldn't expect it. People would not expect that. That, and I talked about weepers in a fourth grade class. Oh, uh, a friend of mine is a is a school teacher, and so she asked me if I would talk. It was more of like a young coming of age book, mm-hmm. and so I cleaned it up and talked about it in this class. And they had the whole fourth grade in the library. Oh, and nice! A fourth, a fourth grade girl raised her hand and asked and said to me, "What if instead of Angelo, your protagonist, her word?" Your protagonist was a girl. How would your story change? I said, "Wow, what a what an interesting question." And I didn't know the I couldn't tell her the answer. I said, "I I just don't know. I have to think about that." And so, because of a question, I decided in Nunzio's way, mm-hmm. one of the main characters, the assassin, was going to be a woman, and it, it became Heather Potter. Well, she makes me proud because I'm a reading and writing specialist. That's what I did. That's what I still ah. do. Uh-huh. Yeah, I taught for a very long time. 
I was tortured by my principal. Every time there was a new program, he stuck me with it, even though I didn't want it. <laughs> and I worked uh, until I got my reading master's, which freed me of teaching double grades and triple grades with all discipline problems for quite a number of years. If they were bad, I got them. Oh, my them. God. Oh, yeah. If they were really, I mean, there was one class that right before I got my reading master's that, two story, that's how dangerous they were. The neighborhood I worked in was very dangerous. And I was absent because I didn't feel well. And the principal called and said, how fast can you get ready to come downstairs? I said, are you blank out of your mind? I have a virus. I don't feel good. Well, you're going to come here and you're not going to believe what they're doing. What can my five, six class do? We have no idea what they were doing. <laughs> the substitute <laughs> teacher ran out of the school, was never heard from again. The girls were in the closet hiding. Some of the girls were in the hall crying and hiding. Some of them ran into somebody else's room. And when I saw what the boys were doing, I just didn't know it was a laugh or cry. I wanted to kill them. And um, they never did that again. What were they again. doing? They were throwing tables, chairs. This, they didn't do this when I was there, ever. They were cursing. They were doing all sorts of stuff because I wasn't there. They were protesting because I was absent, literally protesting that I had to go out wow. to be absent. I, and I was like, what? Then the, the uh, lunchroom teachers, the gym teacher now, Steve is like tough. He sent me an email, a message on my cell phone, get your butt down here. I cannot deal with your class in the lunchroom. I said, wait a minute, this is not fa-. I came down. Do you know how you take straws and pea shooters? You had to see it to believe yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, 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 well, yeah. Well, they did it, and I and I made them clean up the whole lunchroom, all of it. Good Even when it wasn't my t- and they looked at me, and I came upstairs, and I said, when I get done with all of your phone calls tonight, some of you won't be sitting tomorrow. That was I never had to say anything again. I couldn't be absent either. I knew it was a laugh or cry. They were literally protesting because I was absent. At the end of the year, they said I had to, I had to take this group of angels on a class trip, you know, the senior trip. I said to my assistant yeah. principal, I have a present for you. My girls were great. I said, the girls and I are going to go around Great Adventure and play games and video games. The boys are all yours. And I walked away and left them, all 16 of them. Good good for you. Good for you. <laughs> Why did I cracked up laughing? They turned out to be the best-behaved class in the school. <laughs> they, were, they were afraid of them. Their parents were afraid yeah, of te- them, too. Teachers are my heroes. Good for you. Good for you. Yeah. I'm five I feet tall. And I, I, I can't believe I, I got the guts to do it because the first day of school, this one kid picked up a table. And he looked at me. I said, I picked one up. I said, one play catch? Of course, I pulled my back out. He looked at me. He said, you wouldn't. I said, you want to try me? <laughs> I, I, You know, I, I think about it. And they think, oh, God. So we have another character. Who is Rico? And why do we get the feeling that he was on more than one side of the fence? Oh, man, good question. So in, um, let me go back to Weepers for a second. Weepers takes place in 1951 to 1957, and then mm-hmm. Nunzio's Way picks up the story in 1960. Rico was one of the brothers that started um, Satan's Nights. The other three brothers, the first brother, Danello, died in the Korean War. Hector and Ernesto ran... Satan's Nights with Rico in Weepers. Rico always wanted to change the nights into more like an organized crime where they would make money 
and they wouldn't be beating up kids or be bullies. Change it from a gang to an enterprise. Hector mm. and Ernesto always wanted to keep it as a tough street gang. So Rico did. He wanted to work with Nunzio and try to make a lot of money and buy a diner in Brewster, New York, and just live a mm. good life with his wife and kids. And Hector and Ernesto always wanted to keep it as a tough street gang. And mm. so in Weepers, Hector and Ernesto die. And Rico is left as the person that runs the gang. But there are folks, there are kids in the gang that still want to be like Hector and Ernesto. Mm. And so Rico has to deal with them while at the same time he's spinning these plates trying to create a more enterprise um, organization. Um, And so there's things that I wanted to be likable about Rico and things that uh, he's a bad guy. Yeah, I know. Um, it sounds like very, he's very useful, though. Seriously. Yeah, and he, he, he was he was the Heather, the Heather Potter. He was her main contact um, when she, well, uh, he, he was plotting to kill Nunzio. So Heather was brought in, we know why. She used another alias to kill Mac, and she killed a whole bunch of people. It sounds like yeah. she's, she's cool. You don't like she's her, but cold. you have to... She is really cool. She's really bold. I like her, in a sense. I like her, too. I like her, I too. I know. You know, sometimes uh, you get a really bad character, and you say, there's got to be a reason behind what she's doing, and what what can I say? But it, what can I tell yeah. you? So there are several other characters, Dom, Domingo, Declan, the lawyer, and the deputy mayor. Which ones are which, and do I like any of them? I'm not sure. You like you kind of like the deputy mayor. Um, yeah, he he's did, cool, yeah. He did Father Joe a big favor and Nunzio a big favor in Weepers. And now he's being blackmailed and asks Nunzio to help him. And Nunzio does. Um, but, of course, uh, Nunzio is having problems. You'll understand this, my dear friend, Fran. Nunzio's mm-hmm. having problems with his lawyer. His lawyer uh-huh. is not doing <laughs> what Nuncio <laughs> wants the lawyer to do. Um, and the lawyer is plotting to help kill Nuncio, Nuncio's own lawyer. Um, I know. So, he doesn't like him at all. No. So Declan's a bad character. He's a lawyer and a bad character. Um, and uh, he's gotten, he believes, he's gotten the gang to help the, the gang Satan's Night to help him. You know, sometimes you really need somebody like that. What can I say? So, <laughs> you, know, you don't mess with this guy, people. You try to do something or just this guy, you're going to be so sorry. So they're all connected. Oh, yeah. They're all loyal to Nunzio. But this is it. What did the deputy mayor want him to do? And why? So the... So the deputy mayor, as it turns out, um, mm. is gay, and I know. is embarrassed. So this is mm. this is 1960. He's embarrassed to tell Nunzio, but he does, and he's being blackmailed, and he mm. can't afford to keep paying. So all he wants Nunzio to do is to tell the guy that's blackmailing him to lay off and give him back the pictures and stuff. 
Nunzio wants the deputy mayor to owe him because at mm-hmm. this point he's still thinking of helping his attorney become the next mayor. And so, uh, interesting story. In the reason I picked 1960, the for the first time, Tammany Hall, the machine in New York that picks the the mm-hmm. governor and the mayor and all. They weren't going to support the Democratic mayor and Tammany Hall is a bunch of Democrats. So they were going to get somebody to run against um, the Democratic mayor. And and that's true in 1960. So Nunzio's lawyer wants to be that somebody and wants Nunzio to tell Tammany Hall to pick him to run. And so Nunzio figures if he has the deputy mayor in his pocket, when it Mm -hmm. comes down to the final moments, the deputy mayor will turn on the current mayor and support his guy. And so he wanted him to owe him a favor, and that's why he agreed to help um, the deputy mayor. That's really cool. But my God, I wish I knew these people. Seriously. So this, you kind of do. You you yeah, grew I know, up kind of do. You'd be amazed what I know. Yeah, I know. You know it's it's it, it's amazing because um, well, where I live now is different. Where I lived back then, it was different. In the South Bronx, you just never knew, whatever. And my grandfather was a was a powerful man in the temple, so you didn't mess with my grandfather or anybody else. No, you didn't. But but no, my uncle was. I don't even know. How could my uncle was connected? I knew that, and I wish yeah. he was alive. Yeah, you know, my uncle was connected to exactly that, and the judges, and the president, and the lawyers, and the, and and everybody. He, if I needed, if you needed something done, and you told my uncle, you did. It, that was it. It was done. But you owed a favor. Yeah. Yeah. Trust me, I know. Because if my dad needed something done for the store. And a favor was done. It was me. I had to. I had to make. I had to pay the favor, for some reason. <laughs> Trust me. Yeah. So good, good I. Good you. I, you know, yeah, I knew how to pay the favor. And my uncle. I wish God he was alive now because this whole thing wouldn't be happening. So why would someone? This is interesting. Why would someone be out of the nights or any other gangs? And how do they handle that? I mean, you just say I'm no longer part of your gang, or they kick you out, or. You're you're in trouble. You can get killed. They don't care. Right. Well, that's what happens. So if you get thrown out of the nights, as a couple of kids did, you are now on your own. You're a kid without a gang. You've got no support. Nobody's going to come to you. It's like, you know, once you're a made guy in La Casa Nostra, you've got the support Mm -hmm. of the the whole group. My, My Uncle Mario... I once asked him, you know, Mario, you're, you're like five foot three, five foot four, and these big guys you're talking to. So I'm talking to these longshoremen, and they they do whatever you say. How come? And he said, Nikki, when they look at me, they see an army, and and that's the same thing as the street gang, right? When they look at me, they see my whole army. If they do something to me, as long as I belong to this group, I've got an army with me. If I don't, then I'm just a kid. So you get thrown out of the gang. You're just a kid in the neighborhood. Try to start your own gang or a new gang, but you're just a kid in the neighborhood. 
I, I know, and it's scary. It is scary. I was in the and group it, of um, very smart kids because my mother said that was the group I had to be in. And I always got all A's. But she always compared oh. me to the other people in my group that got hundreds. I got 99, 100. It wasn't good enough. So I broke away and went uh. with the bad girls. I became a tough one. And you know uh. something? It was an experience that I shouldn't have gone through, but it was probably the best thing I ever did because it made me not afraid to to be yeah. tough. What can yeah. I say? So this is interesting. What happens when Angela, I like Angela, realizes that his girlfriend was leaving and then her father insulted him and he was upset? And I wanted to smack his father in the head. Yeah, that happened to me. <laughs> so That's what I figured. Um, <laughs> so um, An- Angelo just really, this is his first love, you know, mm-hmm. this is. And these are kids. I don't think you ever love as hard or as deeply as mm-hmm. when you're a young teen. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. it it becomes the whole world. Nothing else matters. And so Angelo is shocked by this, but he thinks that he's clever enough to just talk to her father and reason with him and explain to him that, you know, um, I, I'm not a bad kid. She'll be safe with me. Um, but she leaves. She 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 goes away. Um, it kind of happened to me with with my girlfriend, who it, you know we didn't have this, this the big deal, you know, with the father being that nasty. Well, a little nasty, but he wound up sending her away. He didn't want her dating me, and they sent her upstate Ithaca, New York, um, to go to private school. Um, and so I kind of knew how Angela would feel about it. And I wanted to include that in the story of Angela and other stuff. Um, so what happens when this is really, she's right in front of them. She meets Frank's family. They don't even, she fools them all. I mean, this girl's oh, great. Yeah. She's yeah. freaking great. <laughs> but she crumbles her ego gets the best of her and when they're trying to talk about the killing and what might have happened and who might have done it she jumps in and and wants to show them that she's smart and she could figure this out too and Mm. she's sort of exposing herself there her ego is exposing herself she becomes her worst enemy at that very moment um it's it's funny. Uh, so a lot of these a lot of these people have are real people, and I mm-hmm. made up names. But Heather Potter, for example, is my eye doctor, and oh God. she asked me she <laughs> she asked me if she could be in my book. She would love to see her name in a book, and I said, Yeah, but I can't tell you what you'll be. I don't know what you. And she said, No, that's okay. And when I told her she's an assassin. And she is this very proper uh, young woman and lovely. Uh, she said, this is the most exciting thing that's happened to me since childbirth. <laughs> so I, I used think, her real name. <laughs> you know, my my new book is coming out next month, we hope. And Oh, oh. Yes, it's scary. That's why your books really get to me. 
Um, it's called Faces Behind the Stone, the Accusations, People That Are Wrongly Accused, that have done nothing wrong, but oh. yet they are, they're in danger. And some of the stories are true. And no, I didn't change the name. Yeah, I did. My grandmother's, I changed one grandmother's name, but not the other one. And then the I, one is about a teacher that was wrongly accused. I changed her name because I didn't want her, you know, her family said it was okay to do it. But all the people in this book are dead, so it doesn't matter. Really yeah. dead. So, I mean, yeah. Oh, I, w- I want this book. When's it oh, coming out? Oh, definitely send it to you because I need all the accolades. The first couple of stories are all true. Um, what happened to my grandmother, what happened to my other grandmother, um, liars, um, some of them, bad choices. It's a combination of three of my books. And then the last two stories I just added because I felt like I wanted to put a touch of the Twilight Zone in it. Um, I, I, I don't know why I did it. It's just me. So here we go. Heather is very smart. And Anna finally realizes that she shouldn't trust her. So who are her allies? And then this was a scene um, that really got me. How did you create the takedown of the Satan Knights? That was so cool. Oh, Daddy Bruce. Daddy Bruce. Uh, When I was in the Army, Mm -hmm. um, Bruce Newman was my Mm -hmm. best friend forever. Bruce Newman was my best friend. Um, I loved his family. Um, and we were just like brothers. And his, we called him, his nickname was Daddy Bruce. I'm still, I'm his daughter's godfather. Um, he was my best man. Um, he, he spoke, he's Jewish and spoke better Italian than I did. Um, uh, we were inseparable. Um, and he called me Nikki Two Bridges. Um, because that's the neighborhood I grew up in. Um, And so I imagine what the real live Bruce, if he was still alive, I wish he was, if he was still alive, what would his, what would he do? What would his reaction be? Mm. How would he sound? What would he say if I was killed? If his best friend was killed? And you know when you know this better than I do. When when you have real people that you could focus on, you just mm-hmm. know what their behavior will be. You know how they will sound. You know what they would do. Mm-hmm. And so it is all a reflection of if this really happened, how would Daddy Bruce react to it? And um, and it was it just flowed from that point. It just flowed. So before I forget, so we don't want anybody to come beat me up for forgetting. What can I say? This this is um, today was supposed to be a different um, interview, and I'm so glad that you did it because I think you guys know knew the author. Her name was Lynn Hanley, and Lynn was oh. supposed, wrote old old sins, and Lynn passed away two weeks ago. Oh my and, God! Yeah, I know. Yes. And I never met her, but I cried my eyes out. So for those of you that didn't read Old Sins, and I figured you would know her, um, she was supposed to be today. So today is very special. I'm glad that you're doing it. I created on Facebook. I don't know. I just did it because I I just wanted to do something because people forget who you are 
and they forgot. Well, they, they won't read her words. I created a special memorial to Lynn on Facebook with her review, with a poem, two poems I wrote, and a whole bunch of other oh. things. And it's on my site, Just Reviews, and your review is on Just Reviews. And by the way, it's on um, Amazon with five stars. I did that. I, I am, I am, I am going to go there. Friend, please send me your book. I will send you a I read it in a day. I am a quick reader. I love reading. Um, I will send you a blurb. I will put reviews up, and you could use them or not. Um, oh, thank I would you. love you know to what? read um, your writing. Who do, what, do I email it to Valerie's email? That's no, the only one I have. Um, I I'll give have, you my email. And I will send you my address, my home address, um, okay. so that you could... You, you could send me um, the book, and I will, I, I will read it instantly and send you a blurb that you can fix and change and do whatever you want with. As soon as I get a copy, you're not going to believe. I had the, there's a reason why it's called accusations. There's an older lady in the beauty parlor that I don't know why. Every time I write a book, she insists on telling my hairdresser to, to get get her a copy of my book. She's read everything I wrote. <laughs> So when I went to the beauty parlor a while ago, I said, what do you think? She said, why don't you call it Accusations? And um, I named it for Marilyn, Accusations. I love that. Yeah, so I'll have to get another copy made to you. So why didn't they ever sit down and divide the territory? And oh, let me, before I forget, Thursday, it's Wednesday, Adam Sykes, Landslide. On wow. The 8th, yeah, wait till you hit the 8th. Wow. So somebody who I love and adore, R.G. Dick Belsky, it's news to me. On the 12th, it's news to me. Midnight Call. On the 14th, Her Sister's Death. On the 19th, this should be very interesting because I've never done this before. Minister Sam Oliver wants to talk about banking systems, lending systems, grievance, uh, grieves, um, sadness for elderly people, and who knows what else he's going to come up with. And oh what goodness. better way to end December than with D.P. Lyle and Tallyman on the 20th? Wow. Gets, wow. Gets even, yes. Yes, and next month I've got Lincoln Child, Pres- Douglas Preston and Lincoln Child, and a whole bunch more. Yes, you have I to am. stay healthy, my friend. How do you do yes, this? Yes, I do because you know what? This is what my husband loves that I do this because it keeps me out of the stores. But then there's no stores anymore. There's, but there's <laughs> Amazon. There's Amazon. So seriously, uh, it was this. This my sister died in 2010 under unusual circumstances that we're not really sure what happened. And um, before she died, she said. You weigh 200 pounds, which I did. I weigh 104. And she said, you're becoming a couch potato. Why don't you write a book about something? I said, you're going to hate me because I'm writing about us going up in the South Bronx, which I did. I thought she was going to kill me. (laughs) I wrote the truth. And she said she never realized how tough I had it because she didn't have it as tough. And we grew up sort of in the same house. So thank you, Marcia Joyce. Yeah, that's what this station is named from. MJ Network is my sister because it's her uh, The best thing she uh, ever did to me. Yeah. So this is how I keep her memory alive. And the book Sisters, Two Sisters from the Bronx, is on Amazon, people. And if you want to read what we really did, you won't believe it. I'm going to read it. So, Two Sisters? 
Yeah, two sisters from the Bronx. And it said, why didn't, I mean, I don't understand. Um, Gangs, they don't divide up territory. How come it always leads to violence? And tell us before we we end, who is Detective Hartz? Detective Hartz? Yeah. Go ahead. Detective Hartz in real life is based on my Uncle Gerard. Um, oh, nice. Who was a, a wonderful police officer, detective, just a great guy. Um, detective Hartz is this sharp, um, kind, uh, everything a police officer ought to be. And at the same time, just a little bit corrupt. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a scene in weepers where he says to um, Nunzio I like taking the long view so I'm going to ignore this and we're going to figure out who killed my partner and we'll do it together and he joins with Nunzio and with Father Joe and with Angelo in trying to figure out how the the killing of this undercover cop so um he he also is based on my old police partner. Oh, nice. One of the questions one of the questions you asked me about was a, would a rookie ever ever arrest a police sergeant? And mm-hmm. that really happened in real life. And really? When yeah, the that was rookie cool. cop was was David Dirk D U R K. You could look mm-hmm. him up. Um, he was a friend of Frank Serpico's. And when he was a rookie, he saw a sergeant beating up this Hispanic guy in Spanish Harlem. And he arrested the sergeant. And as he was walking away, the people shouted, Viva Policia, which was the 60s. And that was not, Mm. police were not popular. And it was a New York Times um, uh, story. So that's based on what. So I sort of pulled these all these different people together in creating the ideal of police, but not not without a little bit of corruption in there, a little bit of knowing who to make deals with and who not to make deals with, and what was the line um, that separated all of that. What's really cool is that this is not just always just made up. I knew that when I was reading, and I go, yeah. wait a minute, this is this is too. On point. That's why I couldn't put it down. And uh, lately, I've been, lately I've been putting down a whole lot. <laughs> Just me. Now I have, a, you know, book bail people, you better start delivering. I finished the last book out of 50 that I had in the last two months. I finished every one as of yesterday. And wow. Yeah, I have interviews in February and March, and people, I need the books. And okay. I'm getting, I'm getting a whole bunch more, and... I got an email from Iris Johansson, publicist. She wants a double interview in March. She wants two hours, two books. Oh, boy. Wow. I've done that before. Yeah. So here we go. Um, Who is Danny? Who is Elwood? And what happens to Elwood? And how is it covered up by the sheriff? I don't like that. (laughs) And again, a true story. Well, uh, it's fictionalized. Um, Mm -hmm. When I was in the Army in the early 60s, um, I was, uh, after going to basic training and advanced training in Fort Dix, 
Me and my buddy Elwood Ballas were heading down to Fort Benning, Georgia to go to jump school, learn how to jump out of planes. Mm. Um, and we stopped in this small town and walked in a place, this is 1963, just to have some dinner. It was a Saturday before we reported to the base. And we did not see the sign that said whites only. And I thought I was a pretty sophisticated kid in the projects and all of that stuff. Mm. But I was, we were surprised by that. Eventually, what happened in real life was the sheriff came in and told us that we were either going to go to jail or he would drive us to Fort Benning that night. And so we decided to go to Fort Benning that night. Um, But Mm. I tried to imagine what would have happened had we put up a fight. You know, we were both in uniform. Um, everybody told us our country is really proud of us for what we're doing. We're going to go to Vietnam, all this stuff. And the country loves you and everybody supports you. And here, Elwood Bayless and I couldn't get a beer together um, in in one place, and both in uniform. And so I wanted to include something about the time. You know, this is 1960. And mm. things... Things weren't as they are today, and maybe they were. I just didn't know it, you know. Maybe it was more under the covers, behind closed doors. Um, but I, so that, that was a that was based on a real event. I changed the name of the town and the sheriff's name and stuff, but um, and I changed Elwood's last name. But um, he was my be- buddy flying down to Fort Benning, Georgia, with me. And he yeah, was a black kid from from Newark, New Jersey. You know, that's funny that you should say that. But the girl that lived in my neighborhood, her father was chief of police. She was black. I never met him. And Alexis and I were best friends. But the weird part was I couldn't come to her house and she never came to mine. I don't know why. Weird. It wasn't like we Isn't didn't invite her. In school, we were friends. Then we went to the same junior high school. In high, in high school, I, my mom said I was supposed to go to Roosevelt on Fordham Road. And yeah. we were moving, and I went to Columbus. I probably would have been better off at Roosevelt because Columbus was, high school was not my favorite. And it was safe. It was okay. And Alexis said, if Columbus is good enough for Fran, that's where I'm going. I'm going, why? She was a genius. I mean, she must be a judge or something by now. But... It was amazing. Wherever I went, that's where everybody wanted to go. Of course, the fact that my mother was a PTA president around the school didn't hurt either. Didn't exactly no, it me. was you. Yeah, it was me because was my you. mother. Yeah, it was me because my. I, I mean, my mother, oh, being having being the president's daughter of the PTA was not a plus. Trust me. I had to make my own way. The only the only thing that kept me going, believe it or not, I'm five feet tall. I weighed about 200 pounds, and I made the girls' basketball team. They wanted me on it. That's how good I was. I was like, yeah, I had a wide butt. They couldn't get past me, and I was like, how could could this little girl shoot three-pointers? I said, I could have shot a 10-pointer. I wish I could do it now. It's like crazy. And I said, oh, I I actually, you know, I played. I was in the orchestra. I was all sorts of things, but the most fun was being on the girls' basketball team. So before what did we you end, play? What did you play I, in the orchestra? I played two things. I played the piano. I was a concert pianist, and I was a first violinist. 
all the way Ugh. through junior high school. In high school, the uh, teacher just made me his second violin. Then when I came sec, you know, first when I came to graduation, I fixed him. I said, "I'm sitting in first chair because I deserve it." And good for you. Good for yeah, you. I didn't care. I, I developed guts. Yeah, um, I loved playing the violin. I loved the piano. It was my life. I loved playing the violin in, in high school. But what happened was when I went to college, I wanted a major in education. You can't major in education in, in Lehman or in Hunter. You had to major in something else. And the dean called me and he said, you will major in music. I said, are you crazy? I don't want to major in music. I want to major in language. I majored. He, I had no choice. He signed up my classes for me. It was <laughs> the hardest major in America you don't want to major in music. I could transpose no. anything into any key. I could play anything. I could play anything on the violin. I pretended not to know how to play the violin and to get into string class. Because they said, if you know how to play wow. something, you can't be in there. I got into it. Trust me. I knew how not to play it. And then they they said, you know, you, you have to major in music. I can't sing at all. I can tell you what it sounds like. And that was my downfall. You had to do sightseeing. Wow. You had to transpose it in your head. And then you had to do a program before you graduated. And that, you don't want to know what I sang. That's how bad I was. What did you, what did you I say? Mean, you, I, I created a program that was unique. And the professor looked at me and he said, if you weren't, and I, back then I was adorable, he said, if you weren't so pretty and adorable, you probably wouldn't have gotten away with what you just did. And... I had an A average in music, but because of sightseeing, first of all, one of the professors made a pass at me and told me if I didn't sleep with him, he was going to fail me. And I said, that's oh okay, God. you can fail me. Yeah, I reported him, and I, I said, you're not going to fail me, you. I don't care. I, I had guts. I couldn't believe I did this. But th- this professor said, I'm going to give you a B plus, which is probably more than I deserved. And he said, I'll give you a B plus not to take the next class. I said, you're on. That's how bad wow. Wow. It was an original program that nobody else would think of, ever. And my sister was alive. My sister could sing a Broadway show. She was that good. So she helped create the program. But before we end, okay. Yes, ma'am. How does does Nundio handle situations? Did he ever kill? And what's next? Yes. Uh, Yes, indeed, he did. Good for him. And he... Um, lived by the mantra um, mm-hmm. to always be a fox when there's traps and a lion when there mm. are wolves. Good. And that was his way. That's why it's called Nunzio's way. Um, yeah, he was he was not shy about doing that himself. Um, so he wasn't one of these guys that just sat back and sent out soldiers to do his work. Um, he would do it as well. And he, um, just a great, uh, just a wonderful, wonderful man. I know there's people that would argue with me, um, but uh, I was once in a park and the real Nuncio heard me and the kids talking about what we wanted to, what kind of jobs we wanted when we grew up, longshoremen, Mm -hmm. cops, whatever. And he said to us, we were just like 10 or 11, he said to us, don't decide what kind of work you want to do. Decide the kind of man you want to be. You want to be a stand-up guy? Then you're always a stand-up guy. They can never take that away from you. If you 
pick a particular job, you could lose your job. But you'll never lose being a stand-up guy. Decide that first. Then pick your job. And I always remembered that. And um, he gave me The Prince to read by Machiavelli. Um, he was, uh, people didn't know that how, how smart he was and how sharp and clever Mario Nunzio was. That's amazing. I know, I worked at the bowling center and your family came there to bowl. That's all I'll say. Yeah. I yeah. know all, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And my my brother ran the center, whatever happened, and they came into bowl and I just like, they looked at me and, go, and, I, and, I had, and I worked three jobs. I worked in school, I worked after school, and I worked at the bowling center doing telemarketing. And the minute anybody, and I knew there were more than one family that, that came there, it was my job to make everybody smile back then. I don't know if I could do and that I anymore, but did, yeah, I could. I bet you could still do that. I try so hard. What can I say? So what's next for Nunzi? What's next for you? And where could everybody get both books? Um, they can get them on Amazon, certainly, and they can get them from a small, several small bookstores, which I still mm-hmm. love. One is Mystery to Me, Mystery to Me in Madison on Monroe Street, um, but Barnes & Noble, Amazon, um, all the big places. Um, it's traditionally published, so it'll be in all that stuff. And from the, from the publisher, Henschel House, um, they can get it there as well. If they order it from Mystery to Me on Monroe Street, I will go in there. That's down the street from me, and I will sign it and personalize it to them before they send it out. Well, if I knew that, I would have told them. <laughs> I don't know who sent me. I don't know who sent me the book, but you know what happens a lot with partners in crime? They don't ask. They what? just send. They don't ask me if I want yeah. to do it. They just automatically assume I'm going to do it. And hey, my friend, if you want a signed copy, when I send you my address, send me yours, and I will sign a copy and send it to you. Oh, that would be really cool. My uh, my email is G-A-B-I-N-A, gabina49 at gmail.com. My sister called me that. Long story. Uh, she, she made up a lot of news it. for me. She made up a lot got of news for me. But this has been the most fun I've had in three days, four days, more. Uh, please, please take care of yourself. And please, oh, I will. You know, don't worry about it. I'm not going and, anywhere. And you, you tell that lawyer, man, to, to get on the stick. Trust me, the mouth is going to roar today. I just have to be careful because sometimes you just say it the way they don't want to hear it. And they're going to hear it today. I, just, I think it's Good. better if I call than put it in writing. Because it's better yes. that way. Always, but thank, Nick, always. Thank, thank you so much, everybody. It's a beautiful day. Smile. Do something kind for somebody. Every everybody, great day and bye. Aww. Thank you, Fran. You have a great day too. <laughs>